The Revelation Station presents Eye of the Beholder, a Halloween tale written by Gary Starr and Simon Heldrick. What we perceive through our five senses defines the world we move through and the way we move ourselves through it. Taste, touch and smell battle for attention as we live our busy urban lives. Our hearing is constantly bombarded with the noises of modern society. But what of sight? What of the king among senses? Consider, if you will, the human eye. In some cultures lauded as the windows to the soul, beauty is said to be contained within them. You should always trust the evidence of your own eyes, they say. But what happens when your eye deceives you? What happens when what is real cannot be viewed by the human eye? How can you trust a sense that is so easily fooled? For one man travelling alone at night, the eye of the beholder was as trustworthy as smoke and mirrors. And before the night is done, someone may come to a sticky end. The conductor has made his announcement. The train you are on is pulling into its final destination. You are about to arrive at the Revelation Station. It had been another boring sales meeting, and I was on the long drive home. The only thing keeping me awake on this forsaken night was the hot, skinny oat milk mocha latte in my hand, and the incessant scrape of the wipers on the windscreen. My phone had died during the meeting, leaving me with no way to charge it, and no music to distract me. But the road was clear, and I was nearing home, with nothing untoward happening. Despite the weather, this journey had been thankfully uneventful, unlike last time. I sipped my drink, when suddenly the lid popped off, pouring liquid onto my trousers. I jumped as the lukewarm beverage covered my crotch and looked down at the spreading stain. Suddenly, I felt an impact as though I had hit something, and I slammed on my brakes. Oh no, I thought. Not this again, as I brought the car to a halt. I grabbed my torch and looked around the vehicle. There was a dent in the passenger side of the bonnet that I was almost a hundred percent certain hadn't been there before. I checked beneath the car just in case there was something trapped and noticed with relief that both tyres seemed to be unharmed. Hello? Hello? Is is there somebody there? Oh, oh my God, I'm, I'm sorry. D did I hit you? I can't see you. I turned toward the noise. Trepidation made me shiver, or perhaps it was the chill rain. But I could see no sign of a body, animal or otherwise. But there, in the glow of the torch, was that a trick of the light, or was the rain landing several inches above the ground in one particular spot? Cautiously, I moved towards the strange phenomena. 
I can't see you. Are you oh what? What in the world? In the sudden darkness left by the dropped torch, I felt around in a vain attempt to discover what had tripped me. I felt something warm and hairy with a bony, fleshy feel. Following it with my hand, I realised that it was a leg, and at the end of the leg, a foot. This, it seems, is what caused me to trip, but still I could not see it, even though it was under my own hand. Oh. Hello? Uh, hey, can, can you hear me? Oh, I'm invisible, not deaf. I just need to... Oh. Hey, hey, wake up! Astoundingly, it seemed, the hapless victim of my inattention was invisible. For a moment, I pondered, leaving him to fate and the elements. My most recent run-in with the police had not gone well. But then my conscience took hold, and I decided to take him to the nearest hospital. With a renewed sense of purpose, I began to manhandle the invisible person into my car. Uh, hey, mate, you've something hanging out of your pocket. It's... oh. Are you naked? But why would you be naked? <laughs> this just gets worse. I think I touched his winky. I jumped back into the driver's seat and turned on the engine, intent on getting this remarkable, invisible man, as I now knew him to be, to hospital. But before my hand could remove the handbrake, I had a sudden flash of uncertainty. Taking him to hospital would surely mean involving the police and several awkward questions being asked. I looked down at my crotch, still stained with coffee, although less visible after the soaking from the rain, and I realised that I could be charged with dangerous driving. I would surely lose my licence, and with it, my job as a travelling salesman. And besides, he may only be stunned. I had no way of knowing what damage I had done. Maybe a cup of tea and a biscuit, and he'd be right as rain. Or maybe his innards were all hanging loose, and he was seconds away from death. I thought briefly of my insurance premiums rising if I'd killed him. If he's dead, I could just dump the body. No one would find it. Oh. <sighs> ah, bugger. Cup of tea it is. I managed to get the mysterious man out of my car and up to my flat. Despite being invisible, he weighed considerably more than I expected. For some reason, I'd expected him to be as light as he was transparent, but I was sorely mistaken. Luckily, I knew a fireman's carry. Not that I'd ever had to carry a fireman, and I slowly ascended the three flights to my door. Is that you, Mr Jones? You've had a parcel delivered. Why are you standing like that? I turned to see my neighbour from the flat opposite, Mrs A, standing in her doorway and looking at me with a curious expression. 
I chided myself for forgetting how nosy she was. I should have expected her to be on alert. Like what, Mrs. A? I asked with a questioning look. Like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. Your legs are all bowed and you're bent over. Oh, you've not had an accident down below, have you? My ex-husband broke himself once with too much vigorous love-making. He walked just the way you are now. I rapidly pushed the disturbing image from my mind and tried in vain to stand straighter. No, Mrs. A, just got a lot on my shoulders at the moment. So I see. At once I was alert. Could she see this person I was carrying? Was she a witch in tune with the vibrations of the world? Uh, can you? I mean, with your stance. Oh, oh yes, I see what you mean. <laughs> I'll just get the parcel for you. Here it is. It looks like a book. My ex-husband used to get parcels like that all the time in a plain wrapper. I always knew what they were, though. And I always knew I'd not be getting much sleep that night. OK, thanks. I'll just be off, then. Oof. He'd keep the light on when reading, you see. Oh, thank God. I thought you meant... <sighs> Never mind. Thank you for the parcel. Are you sure you've not... No, definitely not. Just... A lot on. It's a bit of a smell. Well, it's not me, I assure you. Good night now. I struggled forward and dropped slowly to my knees, leaning forward to place what I couldn't see onto the couch. Oh. Sorry, it's, it's not quite the Ritz, but you wouldn't get in there anyway, what with being naked and all. <laughs> right. <sighs> Just put the kettle on. In my experience, tea fixes everything, although, I thought ruefully, probably not if his viscera were hanging out. Oh God, I prayed silently, please let him be all right. Hello, I've made you a cup of tea. I hope you take sugar. Hey, did you fall on the floor? Are you all right? With horror, I realised that I couldn't feel his breath. He'd stopped breathing. But I knew what to do. The one summer I'd spent in the Boy Scouts suddenly came flooding back. I racked my memory for the evening spent on rudimentary first aid. Now, how did it go? Ah, yes. Two short breaths, followed by compression. I leaned in close, his awful breath filling my nostrils. A one, and a two, and... He was alive, thank God, although my joy was short-lived, as I realised the groan had come from the other end of his body. Oh, God! Oh, God, my head! Oh, thank goodness. Here, drink this. That's my ear! What are you doing? Here, I'd better take the cup. Where am I? In my flat. Are you okay? You had an accident on the road. Yes. Yes, I remember. I was walking along the road and then... Wait, that was no accident. Some buffoon hit me. I looked away embarrassed, although I had no idea if he was looking at me or not. Uh, yes, you're lucky I came along when I did. Um, are you okay? Nothing broken? Or spilling out? I, I seem all right. Nothing, uh... Nothing appears to be broken. 
appears. <laughs> Funny you should say that because I couldn't help noticing, or rather not noticing, that you seem to be invisible? What still? Damn! Didn't you know? Well, it's hard to tell. You see, I can see me. I, I also couldn't help noticing that you were uh, uh, naked. Well, yes. The serum only works on my skin. Serum, right. Why, my invisibility serum, of course. Ah, uh, hmm, yes, with you so far. No, you're not. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? The anger in his voice was sudden and violent. It came from nowhere, no pun intended, and suddenly made me regret bringing him home. Well, uh, I've seen similar in movies. Is it like that? Does it look like that? To be honest, it doesn't look like anything, if you get my meaning. Eh? Oh, yes. Uh, good point. I was relieved that he'd calmed down, although I was wary of enraging him further. I decided to engage with him and find out more. Perhaps I could return him to his laboratory and forget all about this unnerving encounter. So, uh, the serum? Yes, the serum. You see, I had this plan. I was going to make a fortune. Think of all the possibilities that could open up to you if you were invisible. I thought for a moment. A short, awkward silence passed before I spoke again. Such as? Well, a spy for one. Imagine what you could do if you could not be perceived by the average person. I thought briefly of Mrs A and her ex-husband before banishing the thought with a shiver. But there were side effects that, uh, that I hadn't anticipated. Yes? Yes. I found myself growing increasingly angry. And at the slightest thing, I would fly into a rage with my research staff for the merest miscalculation... Also, it turned out that only I became invisible, not my clothes or anything I touched. So being a spy was out of the question. I couldn't carry anything, not even a camera. So unless my serum gave me amazing memory, I wasn't going to be much good as a spy. Did it give you an amazing memory? Did what give me amazing memory? Never mind. Go on. I did try to become a spy, though. I even tried to get an appointment with MI6. But they said they couldn't see me. <laughs> Good one. What? Uh, nothing. I racked my brain for something I could do with my newfound powers, but nothing came to mind. And then I realised the serum had another unfortunate side effect. I was becoming more and more paranoid. I began to suspect my staff of spying on me and plotting against me. I would fly into a violent rage and they couldn't defend themselves. They couldn't see me coming. So I decided to leave, to get away from the lab, to protect my co-workers, to get away from everyone. It was the only way I could protect. <gasps> Wait a minute. I got the impression that he was suddenly looking directly at me. It's very convenient that you happened to find me in the road. Uh, yes. Yes, I suppose it is. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, lucky. Anyway, why don't we take you back home or to your lab? He paused, and again, although I couldn't see him, I sensed his stare. How exactly did you find me? And why do you want to know where my lab is? Uh, well, I... I mean, I... Suddenly, the sofa flew backwards and crashed against the far wall, knocking down a taxidermy squirrel dressed as a pirate. 
I fell back onto my haunches and then my back as I scrabbled to back away. Who are you working for? Me? I'm just a lawnmower salesman. I'm not working for anybody. Well, except the lawnmower people. Liar! You want to steal my research. You didn't see me on the road. You deliberately ran me down. Uh, but, but if I couldn't see you, how could I deliberately... Shut up! I won't let you take my serum back to your masters. I will destroy you first, you and all you love. The stuffed squirrel, a souvenir from an earlier adventure, suddenly rose into the air, seemingly of its own accord, and snapped in two. Both halves flew to opposite sides of the room. I jumped to my feet and fled into the kitchenette. Don't come any closer, I've got a... In truth, I was looking for a knife to defend myself, but in my panic, I'd opened the drawer with the condiments by mistake. I was holding a tube, which I glanced down at. Sweet chilli. <laughs> what are you going to do, little man? Dip me? I squirted for all I was worth in the direction of his voice. I got lucky, and the shape of a man's eyes appeared in bright red sauce. The eyes blinked shut, and there was a scream of pain. Ah! I stepped back. I knew this was my moment to escape. I lunged forward and pushed past him as he desperately tried to wipe the sauce from his face. Kill you! Get back here! I dashed for the door. My only thought to get back to my car and get as far away as possible, although where to, I did not know. I yanked the door open and burst through, but he was too quick for me. He grabbed the back of my shirt and pulled me back into the room. I'll teach you to steal my research! I squirmed in his grasp and felt an impact as an invisible fist slammed into the wall where my head had been moments before. Gah! My fist! I struggled from his grasp and ran into the stairwell, but I could hear him close behind me. I'll get you! You will be taking my secret to the grave! Salvation came from the strangest place. Mrs A, my nosy neighbour, opened her door. Attracted to the noise like a moth to a flame, she stared in wide-eyed wonder at the sight before her, a pair of red eyes staring maniacally. Er, uh, keep it down, eh? I, I don't mind you having your fun, but some of us need to sleep, yes? The man turned towards her and let out a primal roar. She backed away, suddenly scared, as he braced himself to attack her. No, stop, it's me you want. I'm the one who hit you with my car. Leave her be. Wait, your hands. I can see your hands. What? Oh, oh, sweet salvation. The serum is wearing off. I never thought, I thought I'd be... But you, you think you can take this away from me? All my hard work and sacrifice. Gah! He threw me against the wall, the force of which quite winded me. You, I'll come back for you. I'll recover my wits and come back for you, and you'll never see me coming. I saw his eyes stained red with madness. Or perhaps it was just the chilli sauce. He turned, and with his now clearly visible arms, raced down the stairs. First you, then her! I won't allow my research to fall into the wrong hands! I knew I couldn't let him get away. He'd return for us, visible or not, and with murderous intent. I climbed to my feet and set off down the stairs after him. I slammed into the railings as I raced in hot pursuit, but arrived at the bottom of the stairs just in time to see him open the door and rush into the street. Stop! Stop, I say! 
There was a screeching of tyres and a horrible thud. I ran into the street to the scene of a small gathering crowd. There, a man stood half in, half out of his car door, staring in confusion at the road ahead of him. Slowly, a body appeared in front of the car, becoming less transparent. Underneath the chilly sauce, I saw a skeleton fade into view, followed by internal organs, blood vessels and finally the skin. There was a gaping wound in his head where it had hit the hard surface of the road and the blood now mixed with the sauce in a rapidly spreading pool. Within seconds, there lying in front of the car, in the middle of the road, was the body of the now fully visible and startlingly naked man. He was quite clearly beyond the help of even the strongest cup of tea. Oh my God, who was that? Did you know him? Mrs A, I can honestly say I've never actually seen this man until just this moment. If beauty is in the eye of the beholder, what happens when that beauty cannot be perceived? The Bible says, if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. As our everyman in this story found, sometimes the nature of the offence lies with others. What then? Pluck out everyone else's eyes? Then we all end up blind, and who'll do the plucking after that? Uh, That's just ridiculous, forget I said anything. But you're one of the lucky ones. You can walk away from this journey unharmed, and experience live vicariously through the misfortune of another. But double-check the ticket in your hand. It's an off-peak Super Saver return. That means one day you'll have to take another trip. A trip departing from the Revelation Station.